Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Starts and Stops, a women's hockey podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Glavin. Okay, so the big exciting news today and the primary topic of this podcast episode is the investment that is pledged to occur $25 million in the PHF over the next three years. What wonderful news to wake up to. Um, In addition to that, I want to share my reaction to that, flesh that out a little bit, talk a little bit about the Olympics um, that are upcoming, and kind of go from there. I think that'll be everything. So first of all, I heard that the PHF had an announcement last night. I heard it was big and I heard it was positive um, just from being on Twitter. But I, I, you know, I didn't know what to, uh, what to expect really. And then I went to sleep because what else are you going to do? And the funny thing is my brain must have been thinking about it while I slept because I had a dream that the announcement of the PHF was that all their teams were moving to Canada. And honestly, I cannot think of a worse announcement if that were for real. Um, But I think what my brain was getting at is just the fact that, guess what? We actually don't have enough professional women's ice hockey teams. We just don't. Um, You know, in the old days when there was the CWHL and the NWHL, I think there was four NWHL teams and seven CWHL teams, even if one or two of them were in China. Um, So I don't know what the perfect number is. I don't know if the number is 11 or if it's a number smaller than that. But I know that the current setup of a pro league with six teams is not enough. We need more. So what happy news then to wake up and read that the actual news was that the Board of Governors of the PHF have committed an additional $25 million um, to invest in the league over the next three years and they will be expanding in the fall of 2022, and there's going to be two new teams. One will be Montreal, one will be a team in the United States somewhere, and that $25 million investment that they're making, um, the lion's share of that is going to go direct to the players. Um, the, um, the salary cap this year is 300000 and it's going to increase to 750000 I want to say, next year. So absolutely fantastic news for women's ice hockey. Um, A person might say, and then there were some other details to it as well, um, some more nuance. The players can get equity in the teams. um, They're going to invest more in the facilities, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the fact that there's two new teams, there's going to be health insurance offered, and the salary cap is more than doubling to 750K, I think those were the big pieces. Um, The immediate question and is you know is this going to be enough to entice some PWHPA players and not only just some PWHPA players but is this going to be enough to entice um, the biggest names in women's ice hockey to come play in the PHF and we don't know the answer to that and we won't know it for some time Um, but you know I go back to I think it was May of 2019 when the CWHA folded and the PW was founded Um, some specific things that the players talked about when they decided to sit out from playing in North America. They talked about how they don't have health insurance. Um, And that is a worthwhile thing to sit out for, and it's admirable that they did what they did. Um, Because, yeah, that should be talked about if a pro league doesn't offer health insurance. So, um, And then the other thing was a living wage. Um, Obviously, um, 
this will bring the this will bring the salary of the PHF, you know, on average, if everyone were making the same, it could be for a 20 person roster around 37,000 for a 25 person roster. If everybody was making the same, it could be around 30,000 with this new, um, increased salary cap for the fall. Um, again, those aren't huge dollars, but when you consider that it's six or seven months of work, a 28 game season, you know, maybe that can entice some players. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, that's, you know, is this enough? That's for those star players to to decide. I think that um, what the star players, the ones that are in the PWHPA, what they need to think about is, you know, they always said, hey, well, we want something that's sustainable. So is the PHF... Or is the Board of Governors prepared to, if necessary, contribute um, $25 million every three years, um, uh, you know, for, you know, repeating, repeating instances? Um, I doubt it. I don't know how deep their pockets are, but I doubt it. So the, the gamble that I think is happening here is, so from the PWHPA player's perspective, they need to say, you know, is this going to be sustainable? You know, I doubt the investors are going to repeatedly input $25 million every three years. So what would make it sustainable is, you know, it's almost like it's the PWHPA players. They need to, you know, will they look at the situation and say, hey, if we go join this league who has some infrastructure, can we attract enough sponsors to sustain this into the future? I have absolutely no idea. Um... I can talk about that a little bit at the end, maybe. Um, but that's a whole separate conversation about, you know, at what point are um, sponsors going to really jump into women's ice hockey? Um, it, you know, I think change happens really, really slow. And then all of a sudden it feels like it's happening fast. So I don't think it's completely unreasonable or unheard of to think that with this $25 million that the investors are putting in, the Board of Governors, with the infrastructure they already have, then add in, let's say, the best players in the world. Let's say there's some unification that occurs. Let's say the P-Dub folks bring their sponsors. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's... It's not completely impossible out of the realm of possibility to envision that maybe enough sponsors would come to keep this to make this thing sustainable. Um, I think the thing that we have to remember is that the world is always changing and we have seen tremendous change, I think, just in the past few years of um, sponsors and how they're deciding to spend their sponsorship dollars. Um, one of the big ones that I'm thinking of is just Michelob Ultra. I forget the dollar amount that they've pledged to invest in um, women's sports. Um, I think it's over the next five years, but it's in the millions of dollars. It's a huge dollar amount. Um, but the the whole kind of topic at the heart of it is just ad spend, they want to start spending it on female sports. So I I think things are changing quickly and there's no reason to believe that they're not going to continue to change quickly. So the PWHPA folks, the Olympians, you know, right now job one is to focus on the Olympics, but boy, do they have a lot to think about um, once they're done with the Olympics. Um, one of the most exciting things in this announcement 
if you get away from the economics piece of it and just the greedy, greedy little fan part of it, is where is the location of this new team going to be? We know that one location will be Montreal, um, and that's a whole sub-story in and of itself. Uh, I think the P-Dub has been trying to get into, or sorry, the P-Dub, the PHF has been trying to get into Montreal since, my goodness, 2019 at least. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's all, perhaps it's a see it when you be- or believe it when you see it um, type thing at this point. Um, so Montreal. So that's, a, you know, will they actually get into Montreal? We shall see. But for the U.S. location, you know, everyone's mind immediately goes, I think everyone thinks of Pittsburgh just because Pittsburgh is a hockey town. And because they've hosted the All-Star Game, um, they have a pretty successful and um, popular NHL team. Um, Hockey's kind of thriving there, um, thanks in large part to Sidney Crosby and Malkin and what those guys have done for the Penguins over the past decade plus. Um, So I think Pittsburgh is, you know, the first one people think of when they're like, where's next for the PHF? And that would be so cool. To be honest, that's only an hour and a half for me. I would definitely be going and watching games, and I would hope that they could play. Look at me. I'm already picking out a rink for them. I would hope that they could play at the UPMC um, arena in, um, is it Cranberry Township, where the Penguins practice? Um, That would be so fun. The other place that I thought of, you know, Seattle feels like a pipe dream to me, but hey, who knows? Um, But I think that that's, you know, Speaking as someone who just flew from Cleveland to Arizona a couple days ago, I think having a team in Seattle, um, while your players, some of them might still be having other jobs, I think I think that could be tough. But who knows? Um, so we can bandy about the idea of a Seattle team, but I don't think it's – I wouldn't bet on Seattle myself. Uh, I think a dark horse and a great place would be Detroit. Um, Michigan is obviously, I mean, what do they call Detroit? Hockey town. Michigan is obviously a hockey state. They've got, uh, they've produced on the current USA, um, Olympic hockey roster. Michigan has two players, um, Abby Rock and, um, Megan Keller. Those are two, that's a star on the team and an up and coming star. Um, Detroit for, or sorry, Michigan for some bizarre reason does not have division one ice hockey for women, but they have a rich division three history. They produce Olympians, obviously. They have a lot of club hockey teams, excellent club hockey teams. So to me, there's um, a real passion for women's hockey there. And I think Detroit would be another wonderful location for an expansion team. I got out the old Google maps today. Detroit's... like a little over 10 hours to Minneapolis. So if you had a team in Detroit, they might not like it, but they could drive to, they could bus to um, Minneapolis. And I think Detroit is like 10 hours from Montreal as well. And then it's four hours from Buffalo and four hours from Toronto. So, you know, not an unreasonable spot geographically. Um, so just what wonderful, exciting news today. Um, didn't expect it coming, but hey, at the same time, we also really needed this news. I thought it was going to come after the Olympics, if it was going to come at all. Um, but uh, 
I think them getting it out in front of the Olympics, um, honestly, it just gets you even more excited for the Olympics. And this way it gets them in front of the PWHPA. We have no idea what the PWHPA is planning on announcing afterwards. Um, so it's kind of like the ball's in their court now or however you want to say it. Um, so I think it makes sense that they announced it now and it's exciting and it gets them the headlines. Um, while we're just kind of waiting for the Olympic players to pass their, you know, COVID tests and get off to Beijing into the closed loop. So, um, wonderful day for women's ice hockey and have to give credit to the board of governors of the PHF for making this investment. I don't know who all the players are. John Boynton is the, um, the chairman of the board. So he's the one who gives the quote, but it was interesting. He gave a quote that said something along the lines of, you know, we believe that the brand, the PHF, it is a platform to, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically to like fight for gender equity for women athletes And I just thought that was such a great quote and also kind of speaks to somebody who actually freaking gets it. Like online, um, I'm seeing people say things like, well, why would you watch women's hockey? Like, why not just watch AAA boys hockey? And um, without getting into that whole conversation about AAA boys hockey versus women's hockey, the people, I think some individuals just do not understand that there are consumers like myself who I have nothing against AAA boys hockey, I would probably watch it, um, in all honesty, if I had the time. But given the choice between AAA boys hockey and the women, I want to watch the women. I want to see the sport played um, and called and coached and refed and read the media about women. And I don't think that that's that unreasonable. It's just like variety is the spice of life. Um, myself I'm a woman I like to I can relate to these players I still enjoy the NHL but this the women's game holds interest to me um sponsors who invest in women's sports as a middle class family raising a couple of young kids a boy and a girl our version of the modern family we care about women's sports and gender equity and sponsors who are spending ad spend on women's sports are very compelling to us. The game itself is compelling to us. Seeing how the game can improve and get faster is compelling to me. Um, Seeing these players who come out of the college programs that I grew up kind of in, playing for and against, it's a different experience. And AAA boys hockey, whatever it is, it doesn't compare to all those things I just described of what women's hockey at the pro level can offer. So um, just an exciting day, I think, probably for the players and also for fans. Um, and we'll see, you know, it's, it's not like, okay, they're funded in perpetuity and, and life is great. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, but it looks like the, three, the next three years, they're being given support the players, they're being given support to continue to grow this game and to continue to try to create that culture change among um, consumers uh, to consume their game, buy their merch, buy ESPN Plus to watch them, um, click on the articles where they're written about them, etc., etc. So, um, 
One of the reasons I think this is so wonderful is that um, we needed some good news going into the Olympics. The Olympics is going to be great hockey, um, but women's hockey was always meant to be, like IIHF sanctioning was never meant to be the be-all, end-all of women's hockey. And if you go back and read like the books that were written about women's hockey in the 1990s, the last few pages of all those books kind of say, what next? They don't say, well, we made it to the Olympics. We're done. We're done growing the game. They, they imagine in those last pages, they always imagine a pro league. Um, and reading through my North American lens, I'm going to think pro league for North America. Um, so with the Olympics coming, yeah, it's super exciting to see the Olympics, but we always needed something more and we needed to be building on the Olympics. And 1998 is now, how many years ago? 24. Um, and let's think about the Olympics. They're going to be in, in China. First of all, there's the human rights record, which a lot of people don't even feel comfortable watching and supporting these Olympics. Secondly, let's say you set that aside. Um, the Olympic Games are going to be played like 12 hours ahead of us. They're going to be played in the middle of the night. Thirdly, let's be honest, Canada and the United States are competitive with each other. And then, you know, Finland, I got to give respect to Finland, but honestly, in the world championships, Finland was getting destroyed by these teams. Um, so where it's going to be, there's only going to be two, realistically, we, there's two teams who are favorites. It's 13 hours ahead. It's in a country with a questionable human rights record. Um, oh, and of there's of the hundreds of thousands of, of female hockey players in North America, um, how many people are we actually going to get to see play? We're probably going to see about eight or nine forwards, 5D, and a goalie. They're going to get the lion's share of the ice time on each of the teams that play. So clearly, there's not enough opportunity to watch these ladies play. There's not enough opportunity to for these women also to showcase their sport. They're there, showcase their sport when everybody's watching. Um, they are rarely on network television. It's the Olympics or bust, basically. Um, you know, I think about Laura Stacy on Team Canada. She's going to be a fourth liner um, when she was playing in the CWHL. I think she got like the winning goal in OT a few years back to win the championship. So if we don't have these guys in a league where everyone can watch them, we're some of the very best players in the world. We're not even going to really be seeing them. We're literally seeing about, what is it? Nine plus five plus so nine plus six, 15 players from Canada. We get to watch in a big tournament every four years in a time zone, 12 hours ahead. Like, that's dysfunctional, and we need to move past it, and that's what's so exciting about the steps that the PHF took forward today. Um, you know, and even, even just looking at those Olympic rosters, you know, um, I didn't record a podcast talking about the Olympic rosters, but um, just because I haven't had the time and tons of people have written about it, so I don't think I need to give a lot of minutes to it. But just, you know, you think about Megan Mickelson. I think she was one of the biggest, to me, one of the most touching stories, right? Like, she obviously still loves the game, plays it at a high level. She got a bad injury at the wrong time. She, uh, you know, had the birth of her kids that she's come back from over the years. And she didn't make Team Canada for the Olympics. And so it's like, what's next? There needs to be, it can't be like Olympics or, or nothing, 
we need viable opportunities other than just the Olympics, you know? So that someone like Megan Mickelson can proudly do what she did, which was put it all out there to try to make the Olympics, which was very inspiring to watch. And then if she doesn't make the Olympics, you know, it's like, okay, you might now play. Okay, you're going to, you're going to, you're still one of the best athletes in the world. So you're going to play in the pro league, you know, like to me, that's kind of functional and how it should be. So um, just a really exciting day. And um, I guess we'll see what happens next. Now, last thing before I leave uh, for my job, I'm crazy busy at this time of year, but uh, the Toronto Six, oh my goodness. So Michaela Cava um, was a star on the Toronto Six and she only played with them for half a season and then she went overseas. I can't remember if she went to play in China or in the Swedish league, but um, the Six announced that she was departing the team. And you're like, oh, well, darn, that's not good because she's freaking amazing and loved watching her. Um, and she made a real impact real quick. So uh, plus the six have had some games canceled to COVID. So when they played last weekend against Buffalo, I was like, who knows what to expect here? Well, they don't have Michaela Kava, but they still have good players. So Toronto six destroyed Buffalo twice. Um, and it's just endless highlights of Michaela Grant Mentis, who if you are not watching her, uh, you should start watching her or at least go to the nwhl.zone Instagram and start watching her highlights because it's a Michaela Grant Mantis show. Uh, super fun player to watch. I believe she's from, I think she's a native of Toronto and played her college hockey in Merrimack. Um, and credit to the pro league. Like I, she was not on my radar in college because she was kind of hidden out in Hockey East. And my goodness, here she is crushing it for the Toronto Six. So uh, that program seems to be in good hands. And um, I got to look and see when they play Boston Pride next because they seem to be taking care of business against everybody, Toronto Six. Um, But the Pride gave them trouble last time that they played. That's like the one team that Toronto Six not only can't seem to beat, but they get destroyed by. So, you know, it's it's not just these off-ice stories. There's uh, fun stuff happening on the ice and boy, is it a good day to be a PHF fan. So great day for women's hockey, and we'll see what the future holds. Um, On that note, thank you so much for listening. I hope to chat with you again uh, soon. Um, We'll see. Hopefully there's some uh, more happy, exciting news. And if not, well, the Olympics are just around the corner. So how exciting is that? All right. Talk to you later.